What up, folks? Um, this episode here is with my friend Roxana Hadadi. Um, I call her Rocky. I met her through um, reviewing films. She's like my main homie. When I when I go see movies here in D.C., we see a bunch of stuff together. We write for a site called Punch Drunk Critics, and she's also my main homie on watching Mad Men. So last year. We did a nice little recap of the first half of season seven, and now that the final episode aired, in which we taped this like the next day, we let that join jail, as some people see it, from I released it. Um, our thoughts on the final episode of Mad Men, and this season in general, and maybe some thoughts on the show, we do tangent a bit and talk about some of our favorite episodes, scenes, characters, and TV in general, there's some Game of Thrones talk, and... That's about it. If you would like to follow her after listening to this episode, which I also linked to the previous episode we did about Mad Men in the um, show notes and on the post and such, you can follow her at Roxana underscore Hadadi. And I'll also put all that in the show notes and posts and such um, on Twitter. And you can read her reviews that she posts all over the place. Uh, she writes for a couple of different places. Um, you can also follow the stuff we we do we do review films on punchtruckcritics.com. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. All the music drops in this one are old. Um, try to figure out the theme of it, I guess. And I'll holler at you later with another episode pretty soon, which is basically me and my homie Taylor Pillars out there in the UK. We talking about grind music and rap music. But that's the next one, so whenever that one drops, you'll hear it. All right, folks, enjoy and peace. Not much, you know. Just spending the day reading about the last episode of Mad Men. So pretty much all you did was read a bunch of think pieces. That's also all I did. <laughs> that's the that's the truth. That's it. <laughs> pretty much everything. Vulture, AV Club. I read Jen's piece for Esquire. I feel like pretty much it's come down to like between two lines. So I feel like that might be like what we end up talking about. So. Alright, you know what? The one thing about Mad Men is I never remember any of the uh, episode titles. Mm, I think this one was person to person. Yeah, that one's, I know that one because, you know, all the things is on it. But, like, yeah. I think the last one was, like, the milk and honey route. And then yeah. after that, like, I don't yeah. even remember. It's just, like, to yeah. me, it's, like, episode 8, episode yeah. 9, right. episode 10. <laughs> right. 
Um, I can pull them up just so that I have them in case we end up talking about any of them specifically. Um, okay. I have it pulled up. Okay, cool. I think the the interesting thing is uh, how much of a booking I think it feels between the episode eight mm-hmm. and I guess what is episode fourteen, person to person. Mm-hmm. Because it's like a lot of like what you start out with, like right before they join McCain, right, and at the end where he's just like, "Oh, this shit is some bullshit," and just leaves. Right. Like, what is like, the actual span of time? Yeah, it's just like uh, it's like he's you know when you first see him, he's talking to that like that model, mm-hmm. and he's like saying all these things, like these dreams. It's like more mm-hmm. of that classic Don Draper, like like now you see it. It's like he's. It's like every time he does a great ad or a great like speech, mm-hmm. it's like he's saying everything that he actually wants, but he feels like he can't have. Right. That's why it's so fucking amazing. Right. Well, I think like, well, do we want to talk about like season season seven broadly, or do you want to just talk about the finale? Like, how do you want to approach it? Because I feel like if we're talking about season seven broadly, then you do have to talk about how like episode eight. Um, severance with him and the model like that's yet another like don draper tries to start again like don draper after the divorce like you're being led to believe that this is like a return to his sexiness and his authoritativeness and all that stuff and then over like the next seven episodes is how you see that like really crumble away and then obviously like person to person is theoretically rock bottom so do you want to talk about just person to person or do you want to talk about like the entire journey of the second half of the season like do you think you need to talk about everything to be able to talk about last night i don't think you need everything i do think that you i think you at least need the episode before it Mm -hmm. because i think the milk and honey route is it almost felt like the person to person was a commercial break in between it it was almost like it was all it felt like there's not many times mad men feels like they have like what would be a movie Mm mm-hmm but the last two episodes feels like a movie. Like a lot of mm-hmm. things felt set up mm-hmm. in the milk and honey route, so that like when you watch person to person, right now it all comes together. Right, and text. it's funny because like Plus I feel like one of the criticism. Uh, I mean, yeah. I've also been reading a lot of things this week about how like not a lot of people actually watched Mad Men, which is true. Like it only really got what like two million or so I think it was like three, viewers per episode. And yeah, maybe. Well, at like its apex. Like it's been, it's been steadily decreasing since. Like let's look. Like season one basically tapped out at like a million. Season two tapped out at like two. Season three was like two point eight. Season four was kind of like the apex. That was like a steady over two million. Season five sometimes got to like three point five, and then it's been on like a downward slant. And you and I have talked about this like. In terms of awards, too, it's like Breaking Bad went in there and like won everything, and everybody like forgot that Mad Men existed. Yeah, yeah and I like, think that was kind of weird. I think it had that nice uh, something about that Netflix bonus that Breaking Bad got. Yeah, yeah. There was definitely like a switch in attention, and then there's also like Walking Dead. I mean, just like it seemed like the demographics of AMC were changing, and then also like Mad Men spawned so many like copycat shows too. But I think eventually, like, what Mad Men, like, was got diluted. But I think what works so well about, like, the second half of season seven is, like, there's so many callbacks 
to everything that's happened in the previous season. I mean, just in person to person, there were so many times that calls back to like other experiences Don has had, other conversations, other very specific things that people say to him. And so for me, that was like what was most gratifying. I mean, you guessed that Stephanie was going to pop up again. So do you want to talk about that? Like, what did you think about that? It's and pretty... I guess overall, like, what did you think about the episode? Like, I know you liked it, but like, do you want, like, what, what was your favorite part? Like, what did you like most? Like, I feel like we haven't even talked about those things particularly. Huh, what, I think, my, I, what I liked the most, I think, was Joan's final arc mm-hmm. and Don's catharsis. Mm-hmm. Like, once he accepted the, the therapy group, Right, was I guess the part what I like, like his from his phone call to Peggy, mm-hmm. on like mm-hmm. the Peggy's like, yo, you come home, it ain't that bad, right? Which like, could have happened because the ending is open to interpretation. The ending could be both things, right? Yeah, the ending yeah. could be either that he did go home and he did make the coke ad based on his experiences in California. Or just that the coke ad happened, and maybe he told Peggy about what happened, or maybe it just got developed of its own accord. Like, those are the two possibilities for us. So definitely that conversation with Peggy could have been two things. It could have legitimately been his goodbye that he never got to say to her, or it could have been a door open for later on down the road for him to return. So I agree with you. That was like, that was super strong. And I wish that like there had been more opportunities. I mean, I know it's not within the story, but I wish there had been more opportunities for Don to actually have conversations with people face to face. Cause I feel like everybody did such good work this week, but it was like all over the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? But I think that was part of the point, you know, the whole yeah. person to person was like the, mm-hmm. the phone call. The, message. Yeah, yeah. That's like the way the operator would tell you, you have a person to person call to blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, so I was like, Oh, that's pretty it was pretty smart. Like I really liked the Joan stuff because it was like mm-hmm. Joan, Joan essentially becoming like Sterling and, and Cooper, like mm-hmm. of her own shit. Like the whole like mm-hmm. Ken, like Ken Cosgrove was just basically like, yeah, I remember when you was reading all the soap opera scripts. Right, right, exactly. And see, that's a callback. I mean, that's a callback. Pete and Peggy's conversation and what they don't talk about is a callback. Yeah when Don calls Peggy and he tells her like the three things that he's done and she says that's not true she says that's not true back in the suitcase when he says that Anna was the only person that ever really knew him like he tries to give Stephanie the line about like moving forward in the same way that, that he was crazy Peggy. yeah and she just completely rejects it so you have all of these and this is like the entire crux of Mad Men right like you have all of these same patterns and all of these people are doing the same things. I'm like, are they doing the same things in changed circumstances? Or are they doing the same things on the way to change? So I think that the episode did a lot of things really smartly to like call back to how do we keep doing the same things and how do we do different things. And for Joan, I feel like for Joan it was the best because like Joan started out this series just as like, you know, knew her sexual power and how to use it and like that was the way for her to get up the ladder and now it's like that's the thing that she least wants to consider about herself like it is about her expertise and her she doesn't even knowledge. need it she doesn't need it anymore so like so that to me was like super gratifying and also at the same time though it's like 
you know, did I like, did I care about Richard? Like, not really, you know? So it was kind of frustrating that we had to have like a secondary character take up so much time. And that's been my complaint with Megan, like every time she appears. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Like, I know during the rewatch, I kept like messaging you being like, ugh, Megan. Megan. Ugh. Yeah, so I'm so thankful she was not in this episode. I She's can't. not needed. Her mom, though, like, her mom is, like, right. important. Right. It was interesting right. to see Roger talk to Joan about her and just, like, you yeah. know what? Yeah, he ended up with a woman older than you. Yeah. He ended up with a woman that's the same age, probably, as Mona. Yeah, probably. The probably. best wife in the show. Okay. Mona <laughs> is the best wife. But you know what? And I feel like Mona is, like, his best friend. You know what I mean? Like, that's what their relationship has become. And it's funny because by marrying Megan's mom, he essentially kind of becomes Roger's father-in-law, which is something that they were joking about back in that bar after they get acquired by McCann. When they're talking about how, like, in separate lives, maybe Don would have been, like, Roger's driver. Yeah. His mother. So, like, it's funny that there are all these, like, same kinds of relationships and dualities that are like parallels flipped on their head yeah because don ended up doing the same thing he did season two right married a secretary right after after all of that and and so it's funny like how they you know end up kind of doing the same thing but a little bit differently i mean we talked a lot throughout the season about how roger thought he was saving something it was actually destroying it and that's different from don always thinking that like he's saving himself by starting new and in reality he's destroying everything that came before so definitely a lot of like thematic similarities going on between various characters this week but i do feel like the peggy and stan was like the fan fulfillment that i've always wanted that was the biggest bit of fan service i've seen in a long time yeah it was pretty it was pretty major but i thought it worked like was it believable to you or were you just like oh everybody wanted this it was believable in terms of the show. Yeah. Is it believable in terms of reality? I might be clouded by real life, so I'll mm-hmm. say no. Mm-hmm. But see, I felt like it also made sense because this is a relationship that we've seen like so much over time, and we've seen them like just be the one person in each other's lives that can like talk to each other in a certain way and be around each other in a certain way. I read one thing today that said that like Peggy becomes open to Stan right after dealing with Don because like her love for Don is something that like she was never sure of like it's wrapped in like so many different emotions like him being her mentor like him discovering her him helping her get over the baby like there's so much going on between Don and Peggy some of it which isn't understandable at all to either of them whereas like in contrast with that when she looks at Stan like it becomes more clear like yes he drives her crazy but he's also always there and the person that she could always turn to and you and i talked a lot about when ginsburg was in the picture about how they were a family unit like they became ginsburg's they had to take care of that poor guy (laughs) yeah so so i feel like there have been so many times when we look at stan and peggy and it's like why aren't they together and yeah it worked like they set them up perfectly like in terms of the building and the friendship Mm -hmm. well hating each other at first yeah, yeah Hating each other at first, her pulling the, I can work with this, let's get liberated. Like that, like that they had to earn each other's respect first. And then like through, I mean, Stan's been around a long time. So in Showtime, it's been what, like six years, five years? Yeah, well, yeah. And, when, did he, shoot, when did he pop up? Was it season? 
the season four? I think it was wasn't it before that? Yeah, so he might have been around a long time because he became he basically came in after Sal disappeared. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So it had to be yeah, season four because season three Sal was still around. Yeah, let me see like what his um you really this is Mad Men Wikipedia, you're really killing me. It doesn't even tell me what his first episode was. Really unacceptable. Now you gotta get that Mad Men with Kia, you know what I'm saying? Well that's that, what I'm that's what I'm on. It's not even good. It doesn't uh, tell me. Terrible. But yeah, he, I mean he's art director and Sal had been art director, so I feel like it must have been after Sal's death, right? Sal didn't die, he just yeah, he just died away. the show. <laughs> yeah, he ran away because, like, his whole life Blew fell up. apart. Yeah. Because okay. of freaking Lucky Strike, dude. Okay, Stan's first episode was Waldorf Stories, which is the glow coat Cleo winning in season four. In, like, the middle of season four. So it's funny. Oh, it hasn't damn. been that long. That's funny. God, so late. But yeah, like, you remember, like, and in the same way, like, it's funny because I feel like they redeemed Stan over time in the same way that they redeemed Ken Cosgrove. Oh, hell like, yeah. Like, Ken was just, like, another one of, like, Pete's lackeys. Like, he's terrible to Peggy. He's rude to most women in general. It's only over time, and especially, like, obviously after losing his eye, that Ken became more tolerable. And, like, he's still kind of problematic. Like, it made me laugh last night when he was like, yeah, my kid's weird. I don't care. Yeah, it's like, I think, I, I, actually, I kind of like that because he just kind of accepts it. It's like, yeah. clearly my kid doesn't fit the normal paradigm of what a kid should be, so right. whatever. Right. Like, <laughs> it just seems like, I think the shift for Ken was when, like, him and Pete became actual, like, like rivals yeah, yeah like they was like we're not cool with each other really we have to work together but like yeah. i really don't like you because you fucked me over yeah and ever since then he became like better a person he was always seemed to be more willing to work with don where pete was also i want to be you so badly and the was just like yo i'm straight especially once he got married it's like yo my dad-in-law is a high up at dow i'm good you guys don't yeah. even like i don't give any fucks like i just yeah. want to do my job yeah exactly right and so that's one of the things that you know and like everybody at, in Mad Men who just wants to like do their job like there are a variety of complications tied up in, yeah, yeah. you know so like yeah, it was good to see like all those people I mean so what do you want to believe do you want to believe that he made the ad or do you want to believe that the ad just happened because I feel like if you believe that he made the ad then you're kind of saying that like all of his like self-actualization and self-realization was bullshit. It's like a really cynical reading to think that like he just ended up yet again like mining his personal life for I, like, capitalist success. See, I see it like this. If he makes the ad in this way of rewriting or well fictional history of Mad Men show where he's part of the team who makes this ad that is clearly documented on the internet to like minute detail. Right. Um, then I see this as the actualization of his forward thinking pitches, which I think started when he broke character with Hershey's. Like to Mm -hmm. me, the way he pitched Hershey's was only bad because he did it in like 1968. Mm -hmm. Because if you did that now, Mm -hmm. 
the Hershey's people would like, oh, this is the person who understands Hershey's more than anybody right. else in the world. He has to control this account because for him, Hershey's is the universe. Like, right. Right. there's such a core there. So I think once you get, if he does make the Coca ad, it's it's what keeps him important through the seventies. Right. Now he's able to take even further personal types of stories and self actualization and apply it to the advertising of the seventies. Right. It becomes even more about like selling a narrative. Yeah, like, yeah. Selling a lifestyle. Selling, selling like everything. all the things. It's yourself. Yeah. Like you it's yeah. not even about dreams and happiness. It's like what's the core of like American life. people yeah. and life? Yeah. Like what do these things really mean? Yeah. Part of it I just thought it was like an interesting way to end the episode on a happy note. It's like we're in the seventies now. Like mm-hmm. he has self actualization. He's at peace. And in my third way is that the ad is putting that at the end is essentially a call back to Leonard's Leonard's soliloquy to the group right. about wanting to being that thing in the refrigerator. Right. That no one wants. Right. right. Everybody wants a fucking well, how coke. How do you? Everybody wants a coke. You yeah. want to be a coke. Yeah. Everybody wants that shit. Nobody wants Pepsi. Fuck Pepsi. I you literally will like drink water if the place is Pepsi and like nom. Get that coke and a smile Just though. Right. Morning, it's the real thing. They like, know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you. I walked out this morning. And I wrote down this song I just can't remember who to send it to I've seen fire and I've seen rain I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you again That was like three ways when I actually saw it. I watched it twice last night. I just went ahead and just sat there through the, like, the, the, the second encore. Because the encore until like four in the morning. I was like, you guys are wild. But, um, yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting why people take it how some people were kind of blown. Like, I got flashbacks to the Sopranos ending again. Like, what is this supposed to mean? Like, yeah. Nah, yeah. it's like, oh, I gotta, like, I was like, I gotta go through this shit again. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is that, like, I feel like it was definitely less ambiguous than the Sopranos ending. Granted, oh, I've yeah, never seen an episode of the Sopranos. I don't care. I never will. I have no interest. I'm sorry. But that, like, that enraged people. Like, that enraged people in the same way that kind of, like, the lost ending enraged people. With this, like, I don't... Like, I don't know necessarily if the ending mattered as much. Like, everybody seemed to get, like, tidy little endings. But at the same time, I feel like we had been talking before that, like, there might not even be an ending. Do you know what I mean? Because Mad Men has been a show about how there aren't really endings, aside from death. And even when people die on Mad Men, they come back often. Like, John saw Anna's ghost. He saw Cooper's ghost. He He saw his brother's ghost. ghost. He had had that, like, fever dream of, like, killing the old, like, woman that he had an affair with. Like, he... Do you know what I mean? Like, death is obviously, like, the ending point, but, like, Don is so... 
fragmentary and he has so many you know like when sally says to him like i'm so many different people like don is so many different people and every time he saw somebody else from his past it was like a reinforcement of that so i don't think any of us would have been surprised if the show was just like and peggy came to work one another day and joan had another date and blah 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 blah. no i think people would have lost it actually because i think the thing really i i feel like if you i I feel like if you like knew mad men and how like how like how flexible it was with time how you had to be like an active watcher to understand how much time had passed between episodes. Like Mad Men like wasn't a show that like cared about being like it's Wednesday, June fourth. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like that's not that's not what it was about. And I think that was like a further exemplification of like your life just happens, things just happen, like time just happens. So I just I don't know. I, I feel like I wouldn't have been surprised if it had ended that same way too. I almost was surprised that so many people got like clean tied together ending me too i i think because he worked on sopranos yeah and because of that backlash because actually as a person who watched sopranos from the day it aired until the day it ended personally that ending is the ending they hate is because it actually ends exactly like what we're talking about it's someone's life the show went off you don't see an ending because you never saw tony sopranos beginning you popped up into his life one day you watched it for like eight years, and it just stopped, and you just didn't see that guy again. Mm-hmm. And I think that where well, this is more novel based, so he was like, "Nah, I'm gonna wrap up all of our lead characters, like mm-hmm. at least some of our secondary ones." Because let's be honest, like Sally Draper was a secondary character that kind of reached. She more definitely reached major like, character status. Yeah, in the end. well, because of like how strong Karen and Shipka was. I mean, I think they're came a time i think when it and i you know and even during the rewatch like i don't know when it happened but just when you realize like shit like sally this incarnation of sally is betty and don like i don't know how they left out with that casting <laughs> but like here and Shipka like really brought it in terms of like having betty's like i don't even know like her dramatic like she's like she's dramatic and like manipulative but like in the same way as Don she's also like brusque and almost like efficient so they just they did such a good like she did such a good job and like bringing all of that to the forefront that you have to make her a main character don't you I mean if, if Don is so concerned with like his legacy and what he's leaving behind and like what he gave up to become Don Draper and then what Don Draper like leaves to the world then you have to have Sally be important, don't yeah. you? You know? And notice, like, the things that he says, right? Like, his admissions to Peggy on the phone are like, I broke my vows, I scandalized my child. and Not his children. It was like, not his children. That, I scandalized my child, yeah. and I stole another man's name. He can't even remember when he's talking to Betty when the last time he saw Bobby and Jean was. Yeah. It's you just know? like, it's just... It's right. like him. he calls Sally and he talks to Sally. Like that he was weird. you know. Well, why was that weird? Why? Did I, I just wasn't. Ex- I wasn't expecting it because he was on this grand hobo life, and then you start the episode. He's racing cars like Steve McQueen, right? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I thought he was right. gonna be on the rails, but right. nah. Right. He's, you know, he's he's 
Fast and Furious sending down the salt road planes. Like, I was like, how pumped for you? You were pretty pumped, weren't you? I was like, shit, yeah. I was like, shit, he got a jean jacket on and some jeans. Right. It's like, oh man, right. it's like, right. tough guy. Right. His Don hair Draper. Looks, his hair looks mad good. He's I know, like, with the J.C. Penny bag and like oh, just an envelope of money. Just real dreamy. But see, even last week, even when he was driving around, even when he still had his car, he was calling Sally. Yeah. You know, like, I think, and we talked about this, like, I think, Val- like, the Valentine's Day episode, I don't remember which one that was, um, but the Valentine's Day episode, like, when she tells him, you know, when they finally have that conversation about his affair with, like, yeah. Sil- Sylvia, and when she says, you know, it's, a, it's like a series of things, right? Because she goes to work and she sees Lou there, so she figures out that he's not working. She admits to him that she, like, lied to get to New York and, like, isn't sure of who she is. And she finally confronts him about Sylvia. So it's, like, a series of things, I think, that finally makes Don see, like, all the ways again that she is just like him. So, like, of all of his children, he recognized that in her the most. And then, you know, after they, like, go out to dinner with, like, the rest of her friends and the other one's, like, hitting on him. And she gets all angry. Like, don't forget that he tells her, like, you'll realize that, like, you're both of us. Like, you're me and you're yeah. Betty. But it's your choice to, like, figure out how to use that and, like, what kind of person to be. So I feel like in the same way that Don is, like, honest, almost to, like, a fault, like, almost to, like, a combative, like, aggressive point with Peggy. I mean, that's always how he's been with Sally, too. That sense of, like, look at all the privilege you have because of, like, who your parents are and who your family is like you need to take advantage of that because so many people don't have anything so that's like the one thing that he says to sally and then the same way to peggy it's like kind of a spin on that right it's like no you don't have that much like you didn't start with that much but like you can make anything happen like you can just move forward so like i feel like that's the embodiment of like don draper and dick whitman it's like this ambition mixed with this entitlement and together that makes them makes him who he is. So I, yeah. yeah, he's he, not that terrible of a, as, of a father as like I think people make him out to be or like people write about him. I don't I don't I don't know if he knows how to deal with small children. I mean, I think they're all terrible fathers like to various degrees. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't like necessarily like like Marigold goes to the commune, but like what Margaret says to Roger isn't wrong. Like he's mad at her for abandoning Ellery, but like what was Roger doing? You know, I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. You the didn't reason like why that? I found that selfish was because, like, yeah, he went to work and then he came home. So it's like you left your son completely. You just don't give a fuck. That was like she like that's why like for me Mona makes sense in that like like you know you're a spoiled little brat like I don't care if I was sitting in the bathroom drinking yeah like which, we were still there. Hilarious, by the way. Yeah, like it's like it makes it's like I'm not surprised, but it's just like the fact that she just up and just really didn't even explain shit and just like left her kid, just like yeah. peace. Yeah, it's just like the same thing you see Stephanie going through, which is I I I feel like the Stephanie character is a weird mix of Anna Draper mm-hmm. and a young Dick Whitman because it's kind of yeah, like sure. she's for going sure. through his same process that he went through himself so he's like he gives her the same spiel he gives Peggy and she's yeah. like cause she thinks she's like him she's like that shit ain't gonna really work like you're not yeah. fucking happy like 
Yeah. Like all this going forward doesn't end up good. Right. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Like I'm looking at myself. Right. Yeah. I think they had a lot in common, like too much in common almost. Yeah. And isn't that like what see during the great Mad Men rewatch of this weekend, like the Stephanie scene is really what cemented to me like how much I hated Megan. And and oh, yeah. and what's funny to me is like do you think the show wanted us to hate Megan? Like, do you th- do you think the show wants us to hate certain people? Like, it's clearly that they it's clear they wanted us to hate everybody at McCann because everybody at McCann fucking they're stuff. terrible. Yeah, like, they're they terrible. turned the sexism up to like thirty seven. Like, they didn't care about any of the characters in the same way that we did. Like, all that stuff. Like, all of that was deliberate. But of like the core characters, like of the people that we spend the most time with, do you think we were supposed to hate anybody? Like, do you think we were supposed to hate Megan? No. No. What do you think we were supposed to feel? You know, when I, when during the rewatch, I was kind of weird because I really don't. I don't know what to think because she's... She's like Betty, but different. Mm-hmm. It's like she's spoiled with a certain bit of... of knowledge of self. Like, she's not, okay, like, if Betty is perpetually, like, a 12-year-old girl, mm-hmm. then Megan is perpetually, like, a 17-year-old girl. So, mm-hmm. it's like, she's like, understands certain things, but in the end, you're just as, you're, like, you're just as, like, annoyingly spoiled as Betty was. It's like, that's why she always got in arguments with her mom. It's just like, yeah. like, yo, your life ain't that bad. Like, your husband's yeah. handsome, you're fucking rich. Like, yeah. you're complaining right now. Like, really? Really? Yeah. Like, you want to be an artist. That don't mean you're good at it. <laughs> right. Right. I, like, and that's one of the things that's funny is that, like, we saw people, like, I don't know how many people we saw in the show who were good at one thing and abandoned that thing for something else that they weren't good at. Yeah. You yeah, know? She was good at. Because she was good, she was good at, at advertising. advertising. She yeah. just didn't, like, I don't even know how to explain how she felt. Like, I wonder, like, if she hadn't married Don, like, would she have stayed? Like, would she have taken it more seriously? But, like, the Heinz Beans commercial, like, it's a great idea. Like, maybe because it came too easy. That's pop- maybe, yeah, maybe. Once she, once she married Don, she didn't have to, because before that, she was, like, kind of, like, cool with Peggy. Yeah. I could probably look at her as, like, a role model. Right. But, like, once she married Don, she was almost at a point being, like, her equal. Right. Or even above to, her in terms of, like, office politics. Yeah. And she didn't even have to really work at it. And then, like, she right. was, like, super pretty. So, she would go out on the little, the little husband and wife courting of a, of a, right. of a client and put on right. the charm and the smile. It was just, like, she was like, oh, this shit is too easy. I want to do something where I got to work at it. I and want to act. And then at the end, yeah, and in the end, she couldn't really do it well, so she still needed, like, Donna, like, yo, can you get me this ad? Right, right. Yeah, so who do you think took advantage of him more? Do you think it was Megan, or do you think it was Betty? Oh, it clearly was Megan. Okay. Because Betty put that, even, no matter what it is, she put that work in. She put mm-hmm. that time in. She, like, had kids. Had his children, like, was theoretically, like, his first love. Like, she, yeah. you know, like... Dealt with his bullshit. Didn't know he had a secret. Didn't know anything. She had to find out through like right. breaking lots and shit. And shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
And then, like, and he was cheating. Like, oh, come on. Right. Right. As opposed <laughs> like to, like, Megan, who's, you know, and in a way, it's like, it's like Don clearly took the mistakes that he made with Betty and tried to apply them to Megan to, like, make that relationship, like, more honest and, like, better. But it was just, you know, like, it was just always off. Like, Megan knew his entire story theoretically and still like threw it in his face. Like when I'm watching, like when we were rewatching the Howard Johnson video or the the episode and he complains about like her relationship with her mother and she's like, yeah. why don't you call your mother? And it's like, really though? You know his mother's a prostitute, really? Yeah, or like you know his mom's dead and yeah. like his other mother was a prostitute. Like, yeah. you know he ain't got no family. Right, right. So like, whereas. You know, like, Betty and Don had shit, but I don't think Betty ever went that low. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, well, I think once she got past the hurt part, like, if he, if, if she, if he would have kept it 100 with her in the beginning, yeah, or pretty early on, like, maybe, like, around the time they had Sally, mm-hmm. I don't think they would have ever divorced. Because mm-hmm. they, even at the end, they were so, like, they, count, like, they, they complimented each other too perfectly. Well, I think they were, like, they were always really, after the divorce, eventually they became, like, really collegial. But I think that's only because they were both remarried. Because, like, think about, I don't remember what season it was, but do you remember, like, there's the end of a season and they both go back to their old house and they're, like, standing in the kitchen and you can tell that, like, each of them is thinking about, like, what could have been. But, like, at that point, they've just, like, both moved on and, like, there's nothing to consider. Like, I think they were able to be finally so, so comfortable with each other because, I mean, they were married for, like, a decade, you know? Like, it's just, I think that was, like, in the same way that, like, Roger and Mona are Roger and Mona. Like, I think that's just who they became. And think about how, like, nobody else called Betty Birdie. Like, those were things that were always going to be her and yeah, Don. Yeah, a special. Yeah, like, that's just going to be. Bond. Right, like, that's just always going to be them. And I don't know if we really... I mean, I don't know if we saw, like, any other relationships that were really that comfortable with each other. I mean, like, you said, like, Stan... Well, John and Roger. I mean, John John and and Roger. Roger, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah, because finally, like, when he acknowledges... Well, when she lets him acknowledge Kevin. Yeah, as the son, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's getting to stay because my crazy-ass daughter is gone. So, like, he's getting... Right. He's getting his cut. Right. Who the fuck knows where Marigold is? Yeah, like, she's she's gone. So, I was like... Yeah, he's just gonna be rich. He's just like, ah. Right. He's like, you trying to mark your territory? He's like, eh, not really. Not really. I'm kind of getting married. Peace out. <laughs> need a legacy though. Like, <laughs> he shouldn't be broke, even right. though he can't be broke because Joan is freaking rich. Right. But see, but now Joan can like think about doing her own money. You know, she doesn't yeah. have to worry about it eventually becoming Kevin's money. It's like now she can finally, true, do the production company and run it on her own. Yeah, because he probably will never like. Even if she like, if he wants to go to a certain school, she's probably just like, "Y'all want to send Kevin to the school?" He probably like, whatever. Here's a check. Yeah, like, like whatever. Yeah, the whatever. fact that he got to be in the life because it seems like that's something he really wanted to do. Is like, yeah. What do you mean I have this extra kid? And you mean I can't ever be there. see the kid? Because yeah. he got cut out of his grandson's life over some bullshit. Yeah, and he seems like, oh man, I don't really like to. Yeah. I really well, like to have this relationship. Well, no, isn't he? He's like close with Ellery now. Yeah, because his because mom's gone. gone. Yeah, because I was gone. like, 
Yes. Mona ain't gonna stop that. They was cool. You know, they watched but, yeah. the little walk the, the moon thing. together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Mona's not gonna give a shit. That's yeah. kind of what I assumed is that like Mona kind of like would step in. Like they would both step in. And I guess that changes because now he's like married to what's her face and they're like in Canada like Marie. speaking French. Yeah, my yeah. man Roger learned a language because he got sick of being yelled at in, uh, in French. Yes, I love that. I like, love that. Yell in oh. English. Yes. I only understood was it, was it suitcase or something. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. If I could get old, I want to be that type of old. Roger Sterling yeah. old. Okay, so important question. Mad Men's over. Favorite character? Favorite episode? Did any of those things change in season seven? Or did you like love who you were going to love favorite episode this is going to be your favorite episode like season 7 didn't change anything yeah that didn't change anything Don Draper's my favorite character mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's the one I identify with the most for all the pluses and minuses of him right and favorite episode might be the episode that when when Lane kegs himself oh god <gasps> cause it's so heavy but also Don has one of his best speeches the happiness speech is one of the hardest shits he's ever said to me in the whole series what's happiness happiness more is the thing you have before you need more happiness i was like that's fucking right that's some hard cynical shit and like yes. the dow people was shook i was like he got that yes. right he got that dow account <laughs> really case as fuck <laughs> and then when he finds out like lane hung himself and they just left him up there he was like you you left him up there he just goes in the room it's like i can't like i can't leave my man up there yeah it's like nah, i was like Nah, like that's my shit. That's why uh, that whole season, season five, is still I think the best season in the show ever. People love season four, and I like season four, but I think I, you could show season five to a person and just say like, "Yo, this is it." Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to know anything before or really after. You can just watch that whole season mm-hmm. by itself, and you get what Batman is about. Okay, so let's remember, like, because I, I watched I watched season five during the rewatch, but I'm just gonna like go over it quickly. So season five is what? Season five is. Zooby Zoo. Yeah. Right? And then Howard Johnson's when he leaves her. Yeah. Is it when, okay, so Peggy finds out about Ginsburg um, having been born in the concentration camp. She moves in with Abe. Roger does LSD, right? And oh, yes. starts the affair with Marie. Yes. And yes, also the time when um, Pete Campbell. Starts, Sally, yeah, he starts the crazy relationship with, with Allison Bechtel. With Rory Gilmore slash his future yeah. wife. And then, do Joan and Greg finally divorce? I think so. And then she sleeps with the Jaguar guy. Yeah, and, I think we're also introduced with Bob Benson as a really super minor character. Yeah, I think they do. And then Lane dies. Yeah, Lane has his his embezzlement, his... The, okay, also, Jay, uh, Joan sleeps with the... Right, Joan sleeps with the, the Jaguar guy. To get the guy. partnership. Right. Lane basically like tells her like if you're gonna do shit Don't settle for get less some than equity. your worth. Yeah. Yeah, get equity and shit. Yeah. Like if you're gonna do some fucked up shit, get equity. Yeah. Lane dies. Right. Happiness. Right. More and happiness. And, and he and it ends with him giving her uh Megan what she wants. Right. But well, it she... ends with that goddamn you only live twice theme song. I'm just like that's the hardest that's you only 
Right, because this is the one that ends. This is the season that ends with him at the bar and him like turning to the woman, and everyone was like, "Is yeah. they gonna cheat on Megan?" Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Are you alone? And he just turns and looks. Yeah, and that goddamn song is on. Yeah, you only live twice. I was like, "Yeah, oh, that's one of my favorite shits too." That's one of my favorite James Bond joints. Right. Oh, and doesn't <sighs> Peggy leave in season five? Yep. Yeah. She leaves for um for Ted Charles. Yeah. Yeah, Gleason, and he, and yeah. color. Yeah, and he and this is, has the great lines like, "This is what the money's for." Uh, this is like, uh, and also he kisses her hand when she leaves. Well, season four is that's what the money is for. Oh, it is okay. Yeah, he that's says, um, that's what the money is for. It's from the suitcase. But season oh, yeah. five is when he throws, when he throws money the money in her, in her face. face. When she wants to go yeah. to France. Yeah, she wants to go to Paris. He's like, "You want to go to Paris?" And he throws the money in her face, and it's like, "Oh God." Oh. That's what she couldn't take it anymore. Right, John. See, I always M, put those two together because, like, no, they totally go just, together. They totally, yeah. Those 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 scenes. I mean, those episodes in general, like, are totally parallel. But uh, there's like I've read like numerous interviews where like uh, John Hamm and like Elizabeth Moss like swear that him kissing her hand was unscripted, and that like her tears just like happened in that scene. Yeah. And there's part of me that really wants to believe that. And then there's this other part of me that's like, but your cameras are all set up, so... You know what I mean? Like, you have the perfect angle. <laughs> well, well, if you're shooting a show, you're going to have multiple cameras there. So yeah. if they mo- if multiple are shooting at the same time, you know, that's where the, the, the editor gods come in and be like, we can make this... Like, now, I, I can believe that. Because you're going to have multiple... You're going to have multiple cameras set up so you can catch different... Yeah. So if you need close-ups or stuff, you want to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I could believe he did a little hand kiss mm-hmm. and it caught her in the moment. Mm-hmm. And the editor room and, and Matt Weiner was like, "Yes, yeah, for real, money." Yeah, for it was like we was like, "This is the Emmy joint." And then they sat there and like, "Yeah." And Homeland wins. I was like, "Ah, some bullshit." Right. <laughs> no, such bullshit. Can Homeland like get the fuck out of my life forever? Like, is that is that allowed? Can it be gone? Know. Still never watched it. Do people still watch that shit? I haven't watched one of I hear people complain about it. Right. But so, you hear me complain about Game of Thrones. like. No but it's people... a different type of complaints. Yeah. Because it's just like, uh, this, I don't know, this season of the Game of Thrones is catching those those similar like, ah, uh, this shit is fucking up so bad, so bad. Yeah. yeah. God, so, I have so much hatred. <laughs> it, it was so funny to watch last night to see basically like, to see like female, see Sansa lose her complete agency and like Cersei and Marjorie and all these like fucked up things happen to like women over like like really contrived like plot direction versus yep. watching Mad Men and see like oh yeah Pete's going to Peggy's like yo you're gonna be creative director by like 1980 you're gonna right. be shit and like and like Joe's like I'm gonna start my own goddamn film production company like right. like all these things are like Sally's like yeah I'm an adult now essentially like at like right. 16 like all these right. things is like right hmm. Uh, well, I, interesting know. messages. I mean, <laughs> not to say that like Mad Men doesn't have its own like fair share of like terrible things that happen to women. Like we've seen it all, like everything. Yeah. But the one thing that I'll say is like Mad Men never used like sexual violence just as like a plot device. Do you know what I mean? Like it was pervasive how the sexism sexism was, and it served like a narrative purpose that continued throughout the entire realm of the show. 
Like, in Game of Thrones, we know women are treated badly. We fucking know that. You don't need to have, like, every character get raped to, like, drive yeah, that Yeah, home. I think with, there's only, like, one actual rape in Mad Men. Yeah. And, and it clouds over the entire character. Yeah. And yeah. it's not like it goes away. No, she hasn't, like, she doesn't deal with it, like, the next day, and then she's, like, fine. It, like, like, it's it something right it's something that like reverberates and it's something that is like brought up like either directly or indirectly time and time again it wasn't like a cliffhanger used for an episode yeah and and this sounds like terrible i guess but it was like it was written specifically for joan yes it was yeah. important to like what happens to her and how she views herself and how she views everyone around her and all of that shit like this it was like oh this like insane terrible sexual abuse that happens to another female character in the book we don't want to cast that female character so we're just gonna get rid of her and give it to sansa because like all women are the same right like that's basically how i like viewed that and obviously like i go like more like angry and in-depth like in my in my recap but like madman never did that like i never felt like madman was just rearranging female characters granted it had a lot of other issues it definitely yeah. didn't do enough with minorities it I, st- I still think that i don't think that's needed because i don't think rich white people right in it's, that part of manhattan right had that much to deal with in terms of the black civil rights movement it's just like you know it's like there's a bunch of rich people right now living no, in midtown I, manhattan it has nothing to do with they don't care. It's like, right. oh, somebody got shot. Oh, I don't Whatever. I have no, no, no. a dinner uh, to go to. No, not to, I have a dinner to go to. Well played. No, I don't disagree with you that like those worlds didn't do overlap. But what does disappoint me is I'm like, yo, where's Dawn? Like seriously, where's Dawn? What happened to Dawn? Like it, there were so many characters that I had not even that many because there was basically just Dawn and Shirley. But I would have liked to have known what happened to Dawn, and I would have liked Dawn to have had more interactions with people than just like the one time she goes over to Peggy's and Peggy thinks that she steals her purse. Like, not like I'm saying that like I needed them to like be involved in the protest and I need to see them like marching on the streets, but I did want something in the same way that like Meredith's role was increased over the last two seasons. Like Dawn served a really important purpose to Dawn. So I, yeah. you know, that I, felt, that I kind of felt like it was like a drop ball. It was, it, yeah, it was interesting because I, I always saw Meredith as like this re- random moment of comic relief yeah. instead of like actual character depth. Yeah. Like you, you saw a little bit of change, but she was still like, ha ha, oh, Meredith. But it's like Dawn, it was like she got bullshit to deal with. Right. And like well, she Meredith, became Joan. Yeah. So that's the problem, like, right? Like Meredith and Shirley both knew like when to get out and they both knew that there were things other than the fucking agency. Like, Shirley says it to Roger. Like, Meredith says it to Roger. It's funny that they both say it to Roger, actually. But both of them are like, this isn't it. Like, there's more to life. Whereas Dawn, you're right. Dawn gets promoted to Joan. You see her be, like, frazzled and kind of out of her depth, but you know that she can handle it. And then that's it. Like, I don't know if she went to McGann with them. Like, I have no idea. And I don't know. I just feel like we should have. And you're right. Like, did you watch Twin Peaks? I know you're anti David Lynch feelings, but I don't remember. No, actually- like, I watched Twin Peaks when it was on, and I was okay. a kid, and I okay. was like, "This show doesn't make sense." Okay. Didn't 
because Adam Adam does not watch Mad Men, but he was like he walked into the room or something and saw Meredith and like saw her speak, and he was like, "Isn't she basically just like Lucy from Twin Peaks?" Do you remember Lucy? She's like the police no. receptionist. No, see, I okay. was I was probably too young okay. to remember any actual characters like being other than like this show was weird. Okay, like really? okay, so just Google Lucy. Nothing creepy or scary will yeah. come up. But it's that same kind of like funny, ditzy, like blonde character that is just used for comic relief. And every so often she says something really profound. And it's like, this is cool, but did I have to deal with like the goofiness just so that you could turn out to have inner depth? Like, I, I don't know. I just would have liked more of. I just would have liked Dawn. That's it. I just would have liked Yeah. I, just, I also don't know like how much of of real life got in the way of her coming back. Oh, why? Because she's... No, nah, she seems to be getting more work as an oh. actress. Mm, okay, I didn't know. So that. she's on that show, Survivor's Remorse, that's on Stars. Mm-hmm. She was in um, Dear White People last year. She's, oh, been in, okay. she's right. popped up in more and more things that maybe sometimes schedules don't allow. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, that's it's like, wait, hopefully, maybe Dawn is like one of the few black people in McCann, or she's maybe. not. Yeah, yeah, who knows? And And you can see that, like... Peggy found her way to like navigate McCann. Like you could see her yeah. how she like bullied that woman. Like he, he, oh, it was so good. She yeah. flexed on her so. It's like, yeah. Yeah. She's like she's gonna be the heir to Don right there. She's gonna flex on everybody. Right. It's like oh, you wanna to you wanna did you wanna call you wanna call David? And like, yeah. You wanna get the you wanna get the boss involved? You really wanna do that? Yeah. Like, oh really? Yeah. Stan was saying in the back like damn. Yeah. Right. Damn. We really gotta do this. You could just take. You could. You had to flex. That's his old face. Like why you gotta flex on him though? Like, I mean, why damn, not Peggy. though? Why I know, not? that's a Peggy face. Like, you know I want flex. Yeah. Flex all over this woman. Right. Well, and I know it's Peggy. It's just like, fuck this lady. <laughs> like, I know. Like, we worked on that account for years. Like, why wouldn't I flex? Like, I totally. Like, Yo, they like me. It's like. Right. Like, it's crazy. Because she's like the last Stanley Cooper person surviving there. Like, yeah, she's she like, is. So she's just going to battle that fight. Right. Cut away through, like, through all the McCann people. Right. Because, like, does Roger even really, like, Dawn, gone. Does Roger even really work there? He seems like he's on that floor where there's nothing but old executives with nothing to do. Right. So that's him. Meredith left. Shirley left. Ken had left. Pete left. Henry's there, but like those are Henry's people because like, you know, like Oh, you mean Harry? Harry, yeah. Harry Crane? You yeah. fucking bitch ass Harry Crane. You knew Harry would walk in oh. with like a fur coat and a cigar on like a Tuesday or like whatever it was. Just like that's his, but like he, she still has Ted. Yeah, ha- Ted is happy with his life in McCann. This is like right, we'll pay by check. Right. Well, because all Ted wanted was like an easy job where he didn't have to be that creative and he could just like live his life or whatever. Yeah, I think after his after his partner died and his marriage fell apart. Right. It's just like I don't. Right. I don't and whatever that. happened between him and Cutler, like him and Cutler had some kind of falling out because Cutler doesn't come to McCann. Cutler like no, gets bought out. Color was smart. It's like, yo, give me the money. I'm out. Right. Fuck this shit. Right. Exactly. Um, okay, so Dawn's last episode was Time and Life, which is when they find out that McCann is, like, bringing them in. Yeah. But, like, then there's nothing. So I don't maybe know. She just, maybe she just leaves. Maybe. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. So, yeah, so she was there until, like, the fourth to last episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so overall... Julian, what would you say? Do you feel like Mad Men did everything you wanted it to do? 
Does it enter your GOAT list? Or, like, where does it stand for you? It's top five. Mm-hmm. It's top five series. Mm-hmm. Might it's make top three. Along with... Wire, mm-hmm. which is GOAT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wire is GOAT. There's no... Yeah. So there's no there's no top in it. Yeah. Um, I think Breaking Bad is my number five pick. Okay. Because that ending still bothers me. Mm-hmm. It still bothers me. Because of what? Because it was too neat? He becomes a hero. And I was just like, yeah. that shit doesn't happen in real life. Yeah. Like, the, that, not to just, you know, dick ride the wire, but like, the wire shows you what happens with that street life shit, mm-hmm. that drug game shit. Mm-hmm. Nah, there's no you die the hero type of mm-hmm. shit. Nah, man, nah. See, and that's always fix like, your family. It just doesn't work that way. Right. And that's always like what kind of makes me laugh is like, whenever I talk to people that are like, Omar, like, Omar didn't get the death he deserved. I'm like, no, but he got the death that would have been most realistic, which is like he got the, the real entire death. point. He would have gotten some meaningless, terrible death, and nobody on the newspaper outside of his circle would give a shit. Like, they don't even cover it in the newspaper. You know? Like, that's, like, that's real life. Like, not, not Walt, not Walter White being able to, like, give all the money to his family and like do save Jesse and save Jesse and take out a bunch of Nazis like yeah no I was like nah this hero shit like that's that's false like I I, I had the biggest problems like they hero wise because to me that's when it comes to some like some like middle aged white hero shit fantasy shit like I'm gonna be the best drug cooker ever and I'm gonna go out the hero like right Nah. And I'm gonna provide for my family, and yeah. they're all gonna love and miss me. And yeah. they'll never know that I really did. Like, nah, like man, fuck that shit. Yeah. So, like, even though it's dope as hell, yeah, it, it still gets my number five, right? But that that bothers me. Like, I don't know, man. I might make it up to that number two spot. Ooh, wait. So, what would you be? Would you be Wire One, Mad Men Two, Sopranos Three? What? Nah, not even Sopranos. I don't. Oh shoot, what is? Mm, these are important questions. Think about. It. Probably be like Justice League. Okay. What about Adventure Time? You really love Adventure Time. It's nowhere near ending, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. That could end horribly, but that's that's clearly might be in my top 10 cartoons. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's, I, I don't know. I also really fuck with Lost, and a lot of people hate it. So Yeah, we can't have a Lost conversation. Sorry. Yeah, but like, I really fuck with it. But it won't be in my top five. Like, I don't even, I don't think I really actually sat down and thought of my top five. I just mm-hmm. know the wires there. Mm-hmm. Mad Men's there and Breaking Bad's there. I mean, I almost feel dirty saying this, but don't you also love Twenty Four, which is like our biggest beef? But not every se- not every season was good. Oh, okay, all right. It's my top twenty five though. Oh, okay, it's in your top twenty five. Top twenty five, like okay. Jack Bauer, Jack Bauer Power Hour was some special shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's some seasons where it's just like, really though, mm-hmm. like the cartel season. Nah, like people like that shit. I'm like. That's what I wasn't even watching that shit that heavy. I was like, y'all bugging. Like, the wire is on, dog. Like, I want to watch drug shit. That's. Yeah. What about, what yeah, about the other? Don't you? Didn't you like? Oh. I like Entourage. I like. I like Sex in the City up until the, to the end of the first movie. Mm-hmm. Should be. There shouldn't have been a second movie. No, there shouldn't even been a movie. The first movie, I think, wraps some things up. I could rock with the first movie. Yeah. Second but movie, second which is movie, like Yola hang out in Dubai or the UAE, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. and then eight somehow is there. Yeah, no, terrible, fucking terrible. Didn't you also like Oz? I thought you liked Oz. I like Oz, but the last two seasons was horrible. Okay, so what about Homicide? I thought it was good, but I don't. I think it was a little bit before its time. It still had that weird cop show problem. Mm-hmm. That's why I couldn't really fuck with cop shows. What about Boardwalk? 
Nah, because you remember, I didn't even only watch the last episode of season three because I, I heard Richard Harrow was going to be beast moding. Yeah, that's true. I still you... haven't watched season four. Yeah, I'm true. just like, I watched season five, the last season, and then like, yeah. I was like, you fucked up. You killed Jimmy. Like, you right. fucked up. No, you like, quit the same time Adam quit. Because I think at, because I think also like there was Richard Howard, Richard Harrow's like amazing like murder spree, and that then was so good. and Adam, Adam in the background just said Margaret Schroeder, which was like the entire reason <laughs> she was the worst. Like that's the reason we quit watching that show. Like she was fucking terrible. But um, but yeah, like I think like we all kind of quit at the same time, and then I kept like reading about what was happening, but I never cared enough to start watching again yeah because they killed off jimmy and it was so clearly like not what they wanted to do do you know what i mean yeah like season like they kept trying to sell it like well that was the only narrative conclusion no it wasn't like you fired michael pitt for some undisclosed reason and then you had to kill him off like just admit that shit like yeah like it uh for the first two seasons it's one of the best gangster shows i ever thought of in history but yeah. like yeah uh, those other seasons like Don't you like really love Hannibal? And couldn't it end like tomorrow? It could, but we know I know we're getting a season three. Right. So it's like Hannibal's so good that I still have the last episode of the last season to watch because I'm just like, yo. You're trying to prolong it? I'm trying to prolong because I know it'll come out like on the summer. I just need to just go in just straight because it's like, I don't know. Like when shows are still on, mm-hmm. like I don't want to call it great because mm-hmm. I just live through too many shows becoming whack. Yeah, no, that's true. Like, that's true. So it's like now it's like I finished Mad Men. It's like yeah, you, you top shelf. Like, yeah. Why are top shelf? For sure. Well, it's funny too because like Mad Men is one of those things that I like. I totally see everybody's criticisms. Like it is really fucking slow. Whenever Adam watches with me, he's like this dialogue is really like obvious and like banal, and I kind of understand that. I just feel like it's one of those things that like if you started from the beginning like it's impossible to stop just because you do i mean the patterns are really what get you right like it's like is don going to change like how does how is everything in this show circular like i, I think that's the thing that like sucked me into the rewatch too is like once you like know mad men's patterns it's oh yeah so just... enjoyable to like rewatch them especially as things get more and more crazy like especially as don like loses his like grip on reality, like even when the show is like up its own ass, like fuck Diana, I don't give a fuck. Like it gave you Don seeing ghosts. I love Don seeing <sighs> ghosts. Do you know what I mean? So like, Don, yeah, Don Buggin is worth a lot of good. Like, yeah, it's the acting and the characters. Like, is any show that's a character piece first? Yeah. It's Mad Men. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, it's slow. Yeah, yeah, it's about the '60s to a certain degree. Yeah, it's about rich white people. Mm-hmm. Average. It's like also, it's like. It's about something that's never really shown. Mm-hmm. Commercial, creative people. Right. You never for see me, that's like, close to me. Right. You never see like the end of the commercial. Like that's not you know like that's not what it. 
Yeah, like you don't need to see the commercial. It's the making of the commercial, the pitching right. the commercial, the right. sitting up, freaking trying to think of ideas. Like that shit isn't. And it's like clearly it's like it's from a creative person right. writing about the creative Process. people. Right. And it's just like this is how it really works. I'm like, like fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But we live in a pretty great time to have so many TV shows that I can actually think of that. Because it's a lot. Like, when I look back at really old shows, it's like, Mm -hmm. I enjoyed you, but, like, there's so many episodes I can skip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, even as much as I love Buffy, there's episodes in which you can kind of just skip. Well, because Buffy did the same thing that X-Files did, right? Where it was, like, it did two things. Like, it did Story of the Week, and it did, like, a prolonged, yeah, a prolonged arc. And like in a show, like you know, and that and that can work, and that's fine. But like, if you're doing TV as like the next American novel, if you're doing it like The Wire did it, if you're doing it like Mad Men did it, like there aren't filler episodes. You can be watching an episode and think it's a filler episode, and then like three weeks later, you're like, no, what that previous episode did was it set up everything that's happening right now. Yeah, like, it's a chapter. It, right. it works perfectly as chapters it's right like... right and so i think that's one of the things too that like is what gets me complaining about game of thrones because it's not that subtle it's like oh you watch ramsey snow hunt down a woman and then feed her to his dogs of course he's gonna rape sansa you know what i mean yeah. like it's not if you don't have that same kind of like unpredictability like you just have these villains that are villainous because they're villains it's weird because since you're a book reader you know these things but it seems like when they were still following the books heavy Mm -hmm. there was still a level of like oh shit I don't know what's going to happen and Mm -hmm. it's fulfilling now we're in an actual season where they're just like we're going to do whatever we want and it like I'm watching it with friends and it's just like "Mm," none of us read the books and we're just like like really though like you mean Joe Mama is going to randomly get the, the 28 days later Skelly, Skelly right. cracks skin disease all of a sudden. So this show got right. two type of zombies now. Right. Like really. Right. Well, like, and, or like the Sand Snakes, who are like my favorite fucking. Characters. I was hoping that shit was gonna be so more badass. It was, than it was so bad. It was so terrible. It was like some community theater does Indiana Jones bullshit. Like it was awful. And it's, it was so quick. It, right. It was so quick. It's like, it's one of these things where I'm like, you are burning through. Like, I was trying to explain it to Adam yesterday because I was like very salty about Santa. And he was like, so are they like through the books or not? And I was like, yes and no. Because like, theoretically, they were supposed to do a book a season. But then they started like rearranging storylines. and They started like merging things and deleting other things. So like, you you don't know where it's going. And that's not necessarily a problem if they were doing it well but if even you as like a non-book reader can be watching these episodes and being like huh this is really clunky like there's a problem you know yeah it's just like yeah it it it, it gave all my original fears of a show when i was people first told me like game of thrones i didn't watch game of thrones when it first came mm-hmm. on i watched it like before the second season came on thanks to like a marathon or whatever mm-hmm. And when people saw Game of Thrones, it's like, yo, I really don't need to see Lord of the Rings as a TV show. Like, right. nah, so I'm, I'm done with that. I'm off that. I'm off for, like, white dudes in armor and shit. Like, I'm just off that. I want to see, like, some kung fu people or, like, some African people doing some dope shit. Mm-hmm. Just anything. Some Persians. Give me anything. Mm-hmm. But, and then I watched it. I was like, oh, shit, this shit is, like, 
the hard goodbye or some shit mm-hmm. like but with people in armor and shit it's like oh okay I fucks with it got Sean being in oh mm-hmm. but now yeah. you get to this point it's like oh you become everything I thought you was you become some, like some high ex- like expensive Xena shit right now yeah. like yeah I felt so much like it was Xena I felt so much like your entire like your entire fucking plan was to go in the middle of the day to some place. Yeah, I hear the storm. Sorry, it's like storming like a motherfucker over here. So Adam came oh, open. Wow. Yeah, to open the blinds. Like you came in in the middle of the day to this place that is guarded by like the leader of your country and all of his personal bodyguards, and you thought that you would effectively kidnap somebody. Get the fuck out of here. Like, like get the fuck. Like you didn't even you didn't even like do some fake shit like as like Jamie was like I came to see the the ruler of right. of whatever right. and then like Bra sneaks in and grabs right. her and bounces out or, right. no and like you literally just walked up to her and you pulled the equivalent of like uh, Marcella the party's over you're gonna need to get in the car like that's essentially what they did and then like they're just gonna like even hilarious say his whole thing was like yo we're just gonna run up on her yeah literally that was the entire fucking plan and again and again this is because there are a whole bunch of characters that do this in the books and they got rid of them like pretty much any house in Game of Thrones the TV show that isn't the Lannisters or the Starks they like got rid of all the other kids in the house because like the Tyrells in the books there are two older brothers so like it doesn't matter if Loras gets married like who gives a shit like, it's an open secret that he's gay and nobody cares because there are other heirs to the house. With the Greyjoys, like, it's more of a big deal, like, Theon and Asha, and they had another brother who died. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there are more people. Like, in the Martells, like, it's not just Tristane. He has an older brother and an older sister, and the older sister, Arianne, is, like, the strongest character, like, in all of the books. Like, puts Arya Stark to shame like she is the fucking shit and basically they were like nah dog we're gonna get rid of her we're basically gonna give like 10% of her storyline to Olaria Sand and we're gonna fuck it up so like I just if I could quit I would but you know how bad I am at like quitting television shows once I like start watching them and like devoting my life to it but like it's not good man it's not good and I don't know how this season can like redeem itself because it's, it's it's real easy for me to quit. Like if it's really bad, yeah. if it is whack, yeah. I'd be like, "Fuck this show!" Like I'm yeah. real easy to say, "Fuck this show!" Like yeah, no, you. I got other shows. You on, and Adam are like the exact same way. Like Adam, like season three Breaking Bad, he was like, "This is, has a lot to do with Skyler. I give zero fucks. I'm quitting." Like Adam was out of Breaking Bad in like an instant. So like definitely the two of you can do that. I'll probably finish this season of Game of Thrones and then maybe not watch next season. Yeah, so yeah, I also gotta get my uh see my, my things about Batman and Race mm-hmm. is is helped by like I watch Masters of Sex mm-hmm. and they try to actually deal with race mm-hmm. and, and it evolves into like these characters. Right. Well Masters of Sex is like, one of the things that I've like I've wanted to watch and I just never got into it. But it's I mean, is that I know that a lot of people said like, oh, it's like copying Mad Men style. It's not, but is it's, it? Because it's, it's not, different. Because right? it's more about real. Like they actually did this though. Yeah, it's just, it has a little bit more gratuitous nudity in mm-hmm. it, and there's some good performances. But sometimes some of the plots for some of the characters that they really, mm-hmm. they 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 go. It's like it's not as like a lot of Showtime shows. Mm-hmm. It's not as dope. Mm-hmm. As but everybody it's still thinks good. Yeah. See, the complaint that I've heard about Master of Sex though is that like nobody like a lot of their plots revolve around like so-and-so has a bunch of feelings but they like don't want to talk about them so 
so it like yeah. it's kind of repetitive. Yeah, but it has good acting. Like Michael yeah. Sheen is good, and like everybody's good in the show. So it's yeah. kind of like, yeah. all right, we can rock with this. Yeah. So yeah, you can like make that work. Yeah. Like, so overall, what was your thoughts on this on Mad Men season seven and Mad Men in general? Like, what is where do you place it? Um, that's a good question. So for me, obviously, Wire is go like it just is. Sorry, it's never going to change. Don't talk to me about how it's not good. Get the fuck out of my life. Um, so like, Wire is always go for me. Personally, like Buffy was the show that I grew up with. I started watching it way too young. It premiered when I was in like fourth grade, and I was like watching that shit week to week when I was like nine. So like Buffy is in my consciousness in a different way because I think it's the show that made me like love TV. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like those two are definitely up there for me. And then there are like a bunch of other shows that I like respect the hell out of, like X Files, Twin Peaks, even though it got bad really fast. I feel like there's a lot of interesting stuff. Or, like, Deadwood. Like, first season was so good, even though the second and third seasons were not as much. So there are, like, a lot of things that I really, like, respect different parts of. But in terms of, like, things I think that, like, speak to me the most, like, about life, I think Mad Men is probably up there the most. Because, like, The Wire... The Wire, like, is meticulous. Like, to me, The Wire has, like, no flaws and it's like the perfect mixture of like nonfiction and fiction and like it's very visceral and like I can't like talk about the wire without like having a bunch of different things that I want to say about like what it says about like cities and urbanization and America and ways to the class and like all that shit like to me like the wire is very like exterior like it's a show about like outside forces on the self whereas like Mad Men is just about like your inner Self and like all the shit that you put yourself through and all the different ways that you can be disappointed in yourself or have ambition that goes unfulfilled like it's all the like really depressing shit that I feel like you and I talk about like all the time yeah. put into a television show which is still really watchable and still has these great performances so like I totally understand all the people that think like Mad Men is up its own ass like I don't care about like your emotions like give it a rest but for me that's what makes Mad Men so good it's just that it had so many things at the same time that really bothered me like i feel like if i were going to do a rewatch i would still be like god daddy is the worst and i would still be like oh megan but at the same time yeah. don like don and peggy and like joan and roger and pete like to me pete is like the Bodhi of mad men because like I love like you hate his ass and then you somehow end up liking right. him like so so what happened was like so Adam started watching The Wire before me. So Adam was probably like, what, had been watching it for like maybe like two or three weeks. So he was in the last season when I just started watching it. So he, at the same time, like on the same day, like he was watching the episode where, but well, spoiler alert, not, I mean, if you haven't watched The Wire now, like fuck you. But so he was watching the episode where Bodie gets killed the same day that I was watching the episode where they kill Wallace. So, like, I was complaining to him about, like, how much I hated Bodhi and, like, how much he was the goddamn worst. And Adam, like, wasn't saying anything because he didn't want to spoil anything for me. And then, like, two weeks later, I was caught up and Bodhi died. And I was, like, sobbing like a child. I was, like, inconsolable. So, like... This Bodhi guy got a little paw on the chessboard. Well, yeah. So, like, to me, it's, like, the same kind of, like, narrative arc where it's like, this person that, like, you really should hate that, like you really should despise but then over time you realize like everything that shaped them 
to be that way and like all the different like impossible circumstances they're placed in and I can't help but like sympathize with Pete's selfishness and like grandeur and like expectations for himself you know like at the end I was like fuck yeah you're back with Trudy do you want to he actually changed that was interesting that he changed. changed like Pete who so badly wanted to be like the mini Don Draper is the only one that like really fucking got his shit together you know so like long I mean to have like that was a long answer to your question but for me I'd probably put Mad Men like in my top five if I really thought about it it would probably end up being like top ten but in terms of characters definitely has some of my top characters like of all time Peggy Don Joan I mean they're they're definitely up there and it's one of those things where like you know like I I don't know how long it'll be before I do like a massive rewatch but it'll definitely it'll happen it'll absolutely happen yeah I might have to buy this one you know I'm I'm gonna miss my spirit animal on Sundays my spirit animal's gone like he's 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 chanting he's meditating he's out there like my spirit animal's gone that's my dude like he helped me figure some shit out like I was like "Mm." yeah some bad behavior. Right. I should either not do that or I should stop doing that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I should either stop starting that or not talk about how I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm, no, I there's too so many things. When I saw, like, his couch, just like my couch, I was like, fuck. Uh, <laughs> all right, this is the last thing before I have to go. All right. Final scene. Do you have a favorite final scene? I know you mentioned... The Lane Death episode is your favorite. Episode. Actually, it's it's the one in the season in the season five season finale when he's walking away from Megan while she's getting her makeup and shit okay. put on. Okay, because it had the perfect music drop okay. too. It was just like, like, fuck. Okay. Like, all right, that's a good one. That's not a bad one. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think mine is. I think it's. Don and Peggy asleep together on the couch the morning of the suitcase. And Ugh. him waking up and seeing Anna's ghost with the suitcase in her hand. Oh, yeah. that's heartbreaking. I had all that episode. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, like, the suitcase is obviously, I mean, it's cliched at this point to say it's your favorite episode, but, you know, it is. But I, so good. But I feel like that in and of itself is, like, so fucking good. It's so What's your favorite speech, though? You'll be surprised how much this never happened. Oh yeah, yeah. That I think that's what got me hooked on the show. I was watching it like I straight up pirated mm-hmm. it, and I was watching it, mm-hmm. and then we got to that scene. I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, okay, yeah, God, okay, okay." Batman's making a Robin, all right, okay. Yeah. Well, or or happiness. I mean, they're all so they're all so good. Like that's the thing. Like. If the show did anything well, it did Don Draper so well. And it's such a terrible thing, too, because we talked about how, like, Don Draper shouldn't be the hero. But, like, every time John gives, like, a rousing speech, I'm like, yeah, Don, yeah! He's he's <laughs> the best, quote-unquote, what they want to call anti-heroes. Yeah. He's the, he's the most good anti-hero out of all of them. Yeah. Because, yeah, he's fucked up, but he had a terrible childhood. But he doesn't actually, like, murder anybody. He, like, right. he cheats on his wife... He could be a better dad. Right. He has a lot of problems he runs away from. Other than that, like, he gives people money. Right. He takes care of people. He helps them out. He gives people speeches. It's like, get up. You can do this. It's not that bad. Like, like yeah, in terms of the anti-heroes they want to call them, mm-hmm. like, he's clearly 
the most on the good nature. Like he's clearly in the good side. Cause like right. Walter White and them are just terrible people. Right. Like Tony Soprano is a terrible person. Right. Like, right. So. Right. And I guess theoretically, like I, I feel like there are certainly people that could say like, well, Don didn't stop Adam from killing himself. And Don, <sighs> see, I don't, at the same time though, if anybody's like, well, Don ruined Megan's life, I will like punch you in the face because like, she got like a million dollars. She got like a million dollars and they were clearly wrong for each other and she did everything. Like she never, I don't think she ever understood Don. I think Betty did for all, like yeah. you said, like for all of their issues. I think Betty understood something fundamental about Don that I think Peggy and Sally also understand that Megan never. That's why that was did. the three people he called. It yeah. was yeah. Sally, Betty, Peggy. The three women yeah. in his life that are all still alive. Yeah. That matter the most. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's funny that neither of us mentioned the carousel, even though it's so fucking good. It's so dope, but it's so almost good. like it gets too much love. And I just think, really, like yeah. as cool as nostalgia is, yeah. yo, that happiness shit is just. Yeah. We'll see. I love the happiness. And then when he's talking to Sally at the moon, the moonwalk, oh. and he tells her, don't be so cynical. Yeah, so Ooh, good. see, also my favorite scene might be when they're all in the hotel room watching it together. Yeah. Him and Peggy and Pete and Harry. I mean, Harry sucks, but like him and Peggy and Pete. I love when Pete goes in and it tells Bert, it's like, Don Draper isn't the guy who he's like, I don't care. Yeah, literally. He's like, and your point is. <laughs> like, Bert Cooper was one of my favorite characters. He's like, yeah. she was born in a farmhouse. When Miss Blankenship died, she was born in a farmhouse. She died on like the, the 87th floor. She was an She's astronaut. She's an astronaut. I was like, just the hot, like. Yeah, she was an astronaut. God, oh, he went no shoes. He went to Japan and shit. He was yeah. the shit. Yeah, when am I gonna get my octopus porn? Do you think can I like get my hands on some? When's that gonna happen? Can I? Uh, can I? Yeah, you can get some. Can I put that yeah. in my office to make everybody uncomfortable? <laughs> get that exact print. <laughs> yeah. Put that up. It's like my fandom knows no bounds. Right, for real. See, it was, it was very funny to me. Nobody at work today came to talk to me about Mad Men. Nobody. Mm-hmm. I was like, do you even like me? <laughs> <laughs> more I think sadly that's a sign that you and I I just don't think that many people watched it as much as you and I are going to obsess over it for a long time and the press and like yeah I think it's going to be like The Wire where I think it's going to be one of those shows where like people didn't watch it and that's you know but everybody's watching Walking Dead so yeah yeah, yeah. but this is a good talk I feel like we covered a lot of stuff yeah yeah I enjoy this good so tomorrow is Tomorrowland. Yep. Okay. Cool. Good. All right. Man. All right, man. This is good. Thanks for being on the show. No problem. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.